You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We knew the Bears and the Rams would have an interesting and fun Sunday night football matchup. We didn't quite think it would play out that way, and a lot of interesting twists and turns en route to the Bears' week one loss. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook, join the Locked On Bears Facebook group, and make sure that you subscribe to Locked On Bears on YouTube to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. On the show today, we break down Bears versus Rams. We start with the two quarterbacks, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. We saw both of them as expected. Kind of the similar, same old, same old from Andy Dalton, what we sort of thought from Cincinnati translating to Chicago, but not necessarily the reason the Bears lost. Some encouragement from Justin Fields getting in there, getting a touchdown, completing a pass, looking very natural in that spot. We'll kind of look at this Bears offense and the passing game as a whole and how those two quarterbacks fit into it. Then we'll have to look at Sean Desai's defense, giving up a couple of big-time coverage bust touchdowns that were way, way, way too easy for the Los Angeles Rams. Some moments of... of returning to Bears defense in there, but by the end of the game, really, really, I think, struggling on that end and how this defense might move forward. Then we have to wrap up with some positives, right? There were some positives to take away from this game. We'll look in particularly to the running game, David Montgomery, the offensive line as well, I think, also exceeding expectations, that and much, much more on today's Locked on Bears podcast. But we have to start with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields to a lesser extent. We got to see some of Justin Fields, but really for Dalton... It was the short completion, quick passing offense. And I certainly understand the Bears wanting to make that their game plan, knowing you had Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and you know the rest of that Los Angeles Rams front seven. You weren't sure what kind of time Andy Dalton might have in the pocket. So to come out with that as your strategy was not surprising and, and not overly concerning at first. I mean, Dalton finishes with 27 of 38 for 206 passing yards and the interception. And it's easy enough to say, well, the interception was a tipped pass and then picked off there, so it wasn't necessarily directly Andy Dalton's fault. Although, when you watch the replay, it's not clear that the pass was going to be on target to his receiver. It looked like it was kind of going behind the inside receiver and too far in for the outside receiver and kind of was going in between. It doesn't mean it was going to be picked off had it not been tipped, but it was not like it was a great pass or a great throw or a great decision that was just taken away from him, right? So you can't excuse the interception anyway, but even especially now with it being a tip, it was a bad spot for the quarterback to be in. But it was still kind of like that's what Andy Dalton is, right? It's third and eight, and he's throwing to the tight end for a yard, or he's flipping it to the running back in the backfield. And, like, you know, all 11 of Allen Robinson's targets were all under 10 yards. I think Dalton had two passes all game that went over 10 yards in the air. It was slants, curls flats, drags, little, you know, underneath check down passes. That's just what Dalton is. The deep passing is just not a big part of him and this offense. And so I, you're kind of left wondering, well, like, 
how much better or different is that from what Nick Foles did last year? Foles obviously had terrible offensive line at that time of the season, and a lot was going on. This is not a defense of Nick Foles by any means. It's just more so like you bring in Andy Dalton, you name him the starter in March, and this is like your upgrade plan. And it doesn't feel like the Bears have necessarily gotten anything better than what they had gotten from Nick Foles last year. And that's that's why everyone wants to see Justin Fields, because if Justin Fields is ready to be thrown in there for a random play in the red zone here, a random play there, then imagine what he could do if he could warm up and be a part of the offense and get into a rhythm over the course of the game and not disrupting Andy Dalton's rhythm, right? It feels like it hurts both quarterbacks to kind of operate with them in these packages. If you sprinkle it in as a play here and there, maybe, but to do it like once a drive or however they, you know, once every other drive, it just felt like it was kind of random and weird when and how they got him in. It didn't seem to flow necessarily with the rest of the offense, but it was clear that like he was able to get the running game going with some of the read option they were trying to do. And although, you know, Andy Dalton did some scrambling of his own, so there, there was some mobility there for both quarterbacks. But I just think Fields can really open things up even more so that when they do run read option, the defense actually has to respect the quarterback. And even though they thought every time David Montgomery was going to get the ball when they did it with Andy Dalton, Fields clearly on the touchdown can show that he can, I mean, we know Fields can run on those plays. Obviously he can throw as well. He, he's, he is and always has been a pass first quarterback at Ohio State who just also happens to have the ability to run. That's why it feels like he's so ready already to be the starter in Chicago. But alas, they, they're, not, they're not there yet, apparently. The Bears are going to need more explosive plays. They're going to need downfield passing that Dalton is not contributing for them. Fields excelled in that area at Ohio State, and I just think it's sooner rather than later the Bears are going to have to look themselves in the mirror and say this isn't going to get it done with Dalton. I'm trying not to overreact to one game. Week one, a lot of crazy things happen. You know, the Green Bay Packers get blown out by the Saints, and things get corrected and adjusted as the season goes on. But with Dalton, this is the same Dalton we've seen for his whole career and last year in Dallas. This is not new or unexpected from him, but the idea is that Fields can obviously potentially do more for this Bears offense. Given how the defense struggled and the couple of big blown coverages, I'm not sure that if the Bears had started Fields in this game that he would have won them the game, but certainly Justin Fields gives this Bears offense a, a much better chance to win than Andy Dalton. But we'll break down that Bears defense in particular and those coverage busts and how and whose fault and, and where is the blame next on Locked On Bears. Just because the football season has already started doesn't mean it's too late to get a football pool going with you and your friends, your family, or your coworkers at runyourpool.com. It's the better way to create your custom football pool. It's really easy to take any sort of sets of rules and styles that you like. They really let you customize it. They've got Dozens of different formats, Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pool, 33, and more. Plus, you can do NFL and college football, and then in different formats, one week or the rest of the season, or you can just do a playoff pool, a Super Bowl pool when we get there. So many different ways to play at runyourpool.com. They take care of all the hard work, and you just have to make your picks and have fun with, again, friends, family, colleagues. Don't do any of that extra coordinating. You just have them all go to runyourpool.com, and when you sign up, Use that promo code locked on or just type runyourpool.com slash locked on and you'll get $10 off. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool is helping friends and colleagues compete 
The NFL season is already here, so get started at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. This is a weird defensive performance overall. It seems like there was those opportunities there where, you know, Keem Hicks and Robert Quinn get to the quarterback and bring him down, and they had some nice third down stops and forced some punts and then held really strong in the red zones, forced a lot of field goals, or not a lot, but, you know, forced some field goals in some key moments when their backs were up against the wall. And then there were the bad ones, the blown coverages, the the real big issues. I think, you know, especially I think in this first half, the defense was fine outside of the big Van Jefferson play where he catches the ball deep downfield, goes to the ground. Eddie Jackson and Tashawn Gibson run past him. No one touches him. He gets up, keeps the play going, and runs into the end zone. Absolutely unacceptable by two veteran starting safeties in the NFL. This is not some rookie in his first game who forgets that, well, in college when the receiver goes down, he's down. You don't have to touch him as soon as he goes down. But I don't know if Eddie Jackson thought Tashawn Gibson touched him, and so he pulled up, and Gibson thought Eddie Jackson would tackle him, so he pulled up. But neither guy seemed interested in being physical on that play and making that coverage, and especially Tashawn Gibson in his ninth season. I mean, I, maybe you shouldn't even hold it either to a different standard because they're both experienced, seasoned NFL starting safeties. You can't just say, well, Jackson's slightly younger, so maybe there's an excuse. There. There's no excuse whatsoever. For professionals. And the problem is there's no accountability either. That We've seen this before with Eddie Jackson where the physicality and the willingness to make tackles has not been there. Bench him for a series. right? We know he's a better starting safety than Deion Bush or DeAndre Houston Carson or whoever's going to be on your backup. You know he's not. you're not going to sit him for the rest of the season. But put his ass on the bench for th- three plays and say, hey, if you want, when you're ready to start caring and playing 100% on every play and loving football the way you see Jalen Ramsey on the other side star you know it's like starving for contact fighting through everything and kicking butt whenever he has the opportunity like Eddie Jackson is not playing with that mentality so sit down until you read until you're ready to play hard you know what I mean like same with Tashawn Gibson like if you're not going to be mentally in the game to make that tackle and he's out of position on that play and he was out of position on the other one we'll break that one down in a second but like on that Van Jefferson route Tashawn Gibson's one of the two deep safeties he's got to know when there's no one in front of you that means you got to get back I just I was just talking to like covered the Wisconsin Badgers Penn State game last week or two weekends ago, and they had a very similar busted coverage where there was a cornerback who came up and he's like, "No, that was my responsibility. I have to know that if there's no one in front of me that's my threat, then I have to get back in case there's somebody behind me, even if there isn't. Just in case, you have to get back because you're an experienced starting safety who should know." your basic responsibilities and coverage. But instead, he came up too far, was waiting some, for something underneath, didn't notice, at least right away, the receiver slipping behind him and let him go. Even if, even if he doesn't get up and score a touchdown, that's still a terrible play by Gibson. But then for neither one of them to tackle is just ridiculous and unacceptable. And honestly, it looks really bad for the defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, that he's been the defensive backs coach for the last four, five, six, seven seasons since he's been in Chicago. That's been the position he has worked with. If any group should be on top of it and leading by example, it's the Bears' safeties. We thought the cornerbacks would be the problem in this game. We thought, you know, Jalen Johnson would be fine, but Kendall Vildor is a new starter, and now Marquis Christian filling in the slot. We thought, oh, there could be some vulnerability there. But at least we know 
you have two veteran safeties on the back end that'll be able to hold up and help those guys out. But instead, it's them that really blew this because there was the second busted coverage touchdown where the receiver's running just wide open. No one stuck with him. And we kind of got into this with, on Bears Twitter, we tried to find a consensus on the, the call there and the, the bust. And Brandon Robinson, I think, had kind of the best breakdown of this. Cover six to Sean Gibson's like a half safety roll. And when that receiver runs the post route, he has to carry that. Marquis Christian, the set slot cornerback, started looking like he was going to follow him in man coverage and then stopped and came back and passed that off to the safety the big debate was, was that Eddie Jackson who needed to get back there, or was it Tashawn Gibson that needed to follow the post route? It was Tashawn Gibson. Both of the big coverage busts were Tashawn Gibson. On both plays, you maybe would have wanted different from Eddie Jackson. Absolutely. And not excusing, bad game by Eddie Jackson as well. But the big, big busts were Tashawn Gibson. And after the second one, same thing. Put his ass on the bench for a series or two or a quarter. Put Deion Bush in there. I don't care. Tashawn Gibson's the better player, of course, but you have to send a message. You have to have accountability. It has to mean something to these guys when they make these mistakes, and it just didn't feel like it mattered that much to this defense. It's just like, ah, well, whoopsies. We messed up. We'll, we'll do better next time. No, this is the NFL. These games matter. It's week one, and you're giving this game away. You're giving away these big touchdowns, but otherwise your defense has played well. And for Eddie Jackson to then have the gall in the fourth quarter when Alec Ogletree gets a penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct because the offensive lineman was grabbing him by the face, and then Eddie Jackson gets mad at Ogletree for costing the team 15 yards, get out of here with that selective outrage at when Ogletree make, rightfully gets angry at a player that's pulling on his face mask and not letting him go off the play. But Jackson doesn't tackle and is out of position in coverage. And oh, now he has the gall to get angry and fired up in the fourth quarter when you're down 20 points. Get out of here. I'm so frustrated with Eddie Jackson in the preseason and now in the regular season because we know how good he can be. Right? This is not just a bad player who's bad and needs to be removed, but a player who has played at an elite level and is not and has not for quite some time. It really just gets me fired up. So I, I, I do want to give Deshaun, Deshaun Desai, the defensive coordinator, some credit because he mixed things up really well in the front seven. The Bears' defensive line with the linebackers showed some different looks, and it felt very Fangio-like. They went to this nickel package where Khalil Mack kind of went to the defensive end position, and then one of the inside linebackers, it was Ogletree sometimes, and it was Christian Jones, came to like an outside linebacker. So you had five guys up on the line of scrimmage, and Roquan Smith is sort of the one off-ball linebacker. But it's still your same base nickel personnel of two defensive linemen, four linebackers, and five defensive backs. It would just look different. So then Khalil Mack started inside, and he could loop outside, or he could loop even farther inside. It was another look for the, def for the offensive line to have to prepare for, to have to figure out where Mack was going to come from. You were able to kind of get Mack and Hicks and another rusher all kind of lined up together. And I, I like the creativity there. And I think that was a step in the right direction for Sean Desai. So overall, this defense still needs some work. But it was one game. It's the defensive coordinator's first time as a defensive coordinator calling the plays in a game. I'm willing to say that Desai is, I mean, allowed to make mistakes. Or rather, he deserves a chance to fix the mistakes. How about that? He's not allowed to make mistakes. He, he, he will get more than one game to fix the mistakes before we deem him a bad defensive coordinator. But if there isn't that improvement, that's when you can start being concerned at some point down the line. But hey, let's try and find some more positives from this game. It's easy to get fired up about the things they did wrong, but there was also some things, some things to build on here. And we'll break down in particular the offensive line and the running game having some success next. 
on Locked On Bears. I don't know how you watched the game tonight, but I think there's a better way to do it. Because if, if, let me know if this kind of thing sounds familiar to you. You've got one device that, of course, you watch the game on live. Then you also have another device that lets you stream all your favorite shows. Then you can also pull up, the, you're watching some of the highlights from other games on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. And it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to ever buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. What never varies for me is the consistent taste, flavor, deliciousness of Built Bars, the world's best tasting protein bars. Right before I had started recording this podcast, I had a salted caramel Built Bar. It's a perfect sweet treat. Every flavor, just like the salted caramel, going to be covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. But for me, salted caramel flavor tastes like Milky Way candy bar. But instead of being loaded up with all that extra junk that makes you feel like crap, a Built Bar has low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. So it, helps, it also helps me feel full. So I, I, I lose the, the, the craving for something sweet or the craving to snack on something else late at night. I just have my Built Bar. I get a, like a dessert, a sweet treat. And I am good to go. I'm telling you, you will find a flavor you love. They're all good. I've tried every single one. There's not a bad flavor in the lot. But you get one of those mixed boxes, and you can try them all yourself, and you'll find something you absolutely adore. Try it for yourself. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so even though the Bears lost, and they lost by a decent amount, we can find some things to build on here. There were some real positives here. For me, it comes down to, first and foremost, David Montgomery, the absolute Bears player of the game. If there's a, a player of the game in the loss, and Chris Collinsworth did a good job of shouting him out, it was David Montgomery. 16 carries, 108 yards, and a touchdown. He had the Bears' longest offensive play on that first drive. It was, I think, it was a 41-yard run where he... Busted outside. I thought he was going to go to the go to the house on that one. Ran out of field space. The good angle by the safety to kind of push him more towards the sideline. But like, that's the David Montgomery we saw last year. That's the David Montgomery we mean more of. And he was running hard. He was running determined. He looked a lot more like the running back that we saw at Ohio or excuse me Iowa State. Oh, Justin Fields is still on the mind when I say Ohio State. The, the Iowa State running back that there's that famous graphic that said feet of Saquon Barkley and speed of Tyree Kill or whatever. I mean, it was a ridiculous graphic, but like it looked more like that David Montgomery, and it was really encouraging to see. I think the big problem with the stat line there is only 16 carries. Matt Nagy refused to keep going to him in the first half. It was like a weird thing. They kept bringing in Damon Williams and you know doing the read option stuff with, with Justin Fields, which you want to see, but it's like he's, Matt Nagy said before the season how much they want to get 20-plus carries a game for Montgomery and be a running football team. And last year was like, well, we can't run the ball. If, if we're not having success running the ball, we're not going to force it, but it's actually working this time, and the Bears get away from it, and, you know, we're staying positive. These are positive takeaways. The positive takeaways is it was working. The running game was 
working. And I, I think for David Montgomery, it's just a continuation of last year. We wondered if it was like a scheme thing or if it was just kind of a bad opponent kind of thing. But running on a good Rams defense for, I think, the quick math there as I pull up the average yards per carry is 6.8 yards per carry. David Montgomery compared to two for Williams. As a team, when you throw in Dalton and Fields, the Bears averaged 5.2 yards per carry on 26 carries rushing. There's a place to start. Run the ball, stick to the running game, slow the game down, control the clock. And I think you got to give some credit to the offensive line, too. Like, David Montgomery was running hard and making a lot of guys miss. That's why Damian Williams wasn't having as much success, because Montgomery was creating a lot for himself. But I think, given what how bad the offensive line could have been, this game was better than I thought it was going to be from that group. It was not a strong... You know, they, they didn't dominate the Rams' defense in the trenches, right? They, they, they held up okay, but that was, we, we were worried that Aaron Donald was going to be destroying everything and these edge rushers were going to be collapsing on the Bears' tackles and Dalton would never have time to get the ball off and Montgomery would never have anywhere to go and it would just be a disaster because this makeshift injured offensive line had the potential to struggle there. But, you know, Aaron Donald still had his moments, right? He wasn't, he wasn't dominating the game, but got some pressure, got the sack at the end. You know, the edge rusher had a couple of sacks in there too. Dalton had the fumble on fourth down. There was pressure on the quarterback, but it wasn't, it didn't, I don't think that disrupted what the Bears were trying to do offensively. You know, I think one of those sacks or two of those sacks, Dalton probably could have thrown the ball away rather than take the sack, but he didn't want to fumble. So I would rather have the sack than the fumble, but I would rather have the throwaway than the sack. So it, you can start shifting the blame however you might want there too. But even after Jason Peters goes down with a quad injury, which is a concern that we'll keep an eye on here moving forward, but Elijah Wilkinson came in as the technically your fourth string left tackle. If, you know, you had Tevin Jenkins out and then Larry Borum goes out and Jason Peters goes out, Elijah Wilkinson comes in, that's fourth offensive, ta- fourth left tackle. He played better than I thought he would. I've been very down on Elijah Wilkinson. And he was not a turnstile. He was not a major liability as far as I could see. Cody Whitehair was the one having all the trouble with Aaron Donald. It was a bad game for Cody Whitehair. I was hoping he'd pick up where he left off last season. I'm not going to say one bad game against Aaron Donald means he's going to have a bad season, right? I, I, wouldn't have, I would kind of expect whoever had Donald the most to have a bad game. So I'm not ready to panic on Cody Whitehair by any means. And overall, the line played better than we thought they would, given all the different injuries up front. So I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic or maybe just slightly encouraged by enough offensive line protection that Dalton had some time back there. He just couldn't find anybody open downfield. And there's some criticism about the routes run and the depth of the throws and the lack of aggressiveness and all that. But I think we can feel okay about the offensive line moving forward. We can feel great about David Montgomery and this running game moving forward. And then, so maybe then if you just add Justin Fields into the mix, you can take everything to that next step. Like that's, that for me is the silver lining for every Bears game here to start the season is that even when the Bears lose, a loss sucks and you don't want the Bears to lose and it's not a feeling that you enjoy. It's not something you enjoy watching. But the one positive you can take away from that is when they lose, we're one step closer to Justin Fields becoming the starter. Right? When Andy Dalton struggles, it's more evidence as to why they should put Fields in there. And I mean, that was all Matt Nagy saying that, well, they didn't play Fields as much because they were losing. But bigger picture, you get closer to Justin Fields as a Bears starting quarterback as a result of the Bears losing this game. So there's your silver lining. There's some of your positives to build off of that we can kind of take moving forward. And you can bet we'll keep a very close eye on how the Bears start to kind of keep this game plan developing throughout the season right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure that you subscribe 
to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Once the All-22 film comes out, we'll break that down a little bit later in the week and kind of go through some of the big plays and what we can learn from re-watching this tape. Before, before you know it, we'll be getting ready for the Cincinnati Bengals with our friends from Locked On Bengals for Crossover Thursday. The Bengals just beat the Vikings, so... That all of a sudden, that seems like a tougher game than maybe we thought it would be on paper. I can't wait to get the scoop on that later on as well. And, of course, every game will break it down post-game just like this as well. So appreciate everyone who's been tuning in, following along. I hope you got something out of having the game back on TV because even though it wasn't a Bears victory, even though it didn't feel great for many stretches, I think just being able to watch Bears football and see some of those big plays in there makes it that much easier to bear down. <laughs>